Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is very free flow. But Zoe would know because I'm sure she listens in every week, don't you, Zoe? <laughs> I mean, that would be torture. Could you imagine? <laughs> Listening to another comedian's podcast. How awful. <laughs> Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Before we begin this week's podcast, we would like to give a very, very big thank you to our brand new patrons this week, who are LA and Anthony. LA and Anthony, thank you so much. Uh, we are delighted that you've joined us on the WTB train. There'll be more content for you. There will be uh, merchandise available in 2028 uh, and lots of other things to look forward to. <laughs> we adore you. This week, we are very excited to announce that we have got a wonderful special guest in the form of the brilliant comedian, actor and now quiz show host. Yes, it's Zoe Lyons. Woohoo! And we're very excited. And thanks, Zoe. I, it's really hard for me to sound sincere, but thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. We, You are the person that we wanted to have on. We were talking about you last year. So we're really, really, really glad that you agreed to do it. So thanks. And, and surprised. And actually honest. surprised. <laughs> you know how happy I am to be here. I mean, no disrespect, girls, but what the fuck else am I going to do? <laughs> Had it been this time last year, I'd have been quite occupied. But um, <laughs> I've already cleaned my bathroom with an earbud this morning. So, you know. That being said, don't you feel good for the first time in your life? You've cleaned your bathroom that intensely? Don't you oh, feel like... Man. Oh, no, Alison, don't let's get into that. Small victories. She hates me. I do this all the time. I'm like, and you know what? Everything happens for a reason. And then I got to descale my kettle with a toothbrush. And you know what? That made me <laughs> feel good. I wasted three hours. A better person. This is genuinely true, Alison. The other day I was stood in my bathroom and I went, 
gosh, because I'm living on my own at the moment, I went, gosh, the difference between this flat and my uh, other home is that this one doesn't seem to self-clean. <laughs> <laughs> and on occasion, I've opened the fridge and went, oh, for fuck's sake, nobody's bought... Oh, it's me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's like watching a rescue dog thrive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I think on the whole, you are thriving and coping very well but you two have been sea swimming this week again haven't you bloody hell ladies before we go any further i just need to set this up okay because i don't feel like we, you really need to understand how zoe got into sea swimming okay basically <laughs> i have been sea swimming since may so gradually becoming accustomed to the temperature of the water as it gets cooler <laughs> and cooler from may to august to september october it was getting warmer from sort of middle of october to november it started to cool down just at the point when it was starting to get cold, that is when Zoe started swimming. <laughs> Not only did she... So I'm going sea swimming now. It's, get, it's so cold, I can't stay in the water for too long. I've got neoprene gloves. I've got neoprene socks. I've got a swim hat. I'm wearing a sort of um, swimsuit which covers my back, okay? A hydra suit. And uh, Zoe said, yeah, I'm going to come with you. I, I think I fancy that. I'll give it a whirl. I said, brilliant. So I brought some spare socks and I brought some gloves with me just in case. So Zoe turns up in a bikini. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I've got. I've got a bikini. No socks, no gloves, just a bikini. No, and a bobble hat. I want a bobble hat. And fair play to you because you have been swimming every day in what, in temperatures that are at points have been minus eight uh, wind chill, swimming in a fucking bikini, you lunatic. I, I don't know what it is about me, but it's in for a penny, in for a pound. And it's like, you know, if you're going to do it, do it and feel it. And um, yeah, I mean, there was that one day, wasn't there, when we went to Michelle, where we, I thought I was, I thought I'd lost my hands. Yeah, I thought I was never going to find my hands again. I, I could see them. I knew they were there, but I was thought I'd lost. I was like, they, they will never feel anything again. Like, like sort of marigolds on a stick. They were just gone. Yeah, um, I said so. I can't clench my hands. I can't actually clench my hands. So I had bought right really kindly because it was my birthday. She'd bought custard tarts, so she bought me a custard tart, and I remember just smashing it into my face. And I was so cold. So I was like, you've got a little bit of on the. Sorry, on your face, you've just... He's just all over your face. She's got a little bit of custard. And I got home and I just had custard tart all over my face because my hands were so cold. I didn't know how to wipe it off. I was like, I'll be all right, doesn't matter. So now it is pretty much like the Bahamas out there. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get a smaller bikini, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> As the summer approaches, I'm thinking maybe thong... Like that would, oh, I mean, you've got to be careful in a thong, haven't you? Yeah, I don't want to have to spend the whole time looking at you trying to defocus my eyes and squint so I can't <laughs> see anything too much. <laughs> What's Zoe doing? I don't know. I'm trying not to look at her, if I'm honest. <laughs> I'd be worried it would get cold again real quick one day and, you know, not feeling your hands is not what I would be worried about if you had on a thong, Zoe. I would be, I'd be like, you might have lost some bits in that one. Yeah, you yeah. might have. <laughs> <laughs> With the undercarriage is gone. It's weird where you feel the cold, isn't it? It's always my coccyx. Always my coccyx when I'm in the water. I've no idea. I have no, I'm not that close to my coccyx. Well, I mean, I'm as close as anybody is to their coccyx. It's sort of geographically in the right place. But um, it, it's always, that's where I always feel it. Jen, elsewhere. It's always my vag. It's always my vag. <laughs> it's your vag. 
every time we get in the water, I go, oh my God, my vag is aching. It is so cold. I've got vag ache. I've got, I clearly have got very sensitive vag. Um, and uh, yeah, that, I... <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly I do. Anyway, I don't want to go into it, but... Um... Uh, so to speak. <laughs> I certainly don't want to go into it, literally. <laughs> hey, but if you did, you'd feel it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, gross. Well, that's Good been morning. our week. Um, Alison, how was your week? Oh, it was very exciting, you guys. Um, see, Zoe, I'm trying not to talk nonstop about my puppy, so I have been bringing up other exciting topics, such as my boyfriend got food poisoning. Hey, oh. that's exciting. He got really bad food poisoning. From what? Um, We're in lockdown. I can only imagine that's from you. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. I know. My friend was like, if you're killing Danny, just tell me. I was like, I'm not killing Danny. But I found out eye drops will do that to people. Oh, no, definitely. Yes. I've, when I was a waitress, if anybody pissed you off, you put two eye drops in their food and they had the shits And it would give week. them the shits? Yes! Yes! yes I texted that to the girls the other day. I was like, a couple of little drops of eye drops, they get the poops. Too much, though, and you might. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is good to know. I'm not quite sure how somebody figured that out, but okay, this is good information to know. <laughs> I love that you knew that too, Zoe. God, that's wonderful. Anyway, so he got food poisoning really bad. We think it was from some chicken that I cooked, but I'm fine. Like, it didn't affect me, but I do have a pretty, I got one of those stomachs, right? Like, I can, my dad, you know, survived through World War II here, guys. So, like, he was eating God knows what stuff, and I got that stomach. I got that stomach. I'm like, I can survive eggshells delicious uh anyway so i was fine he got really sick but the hardest thing about the whole thing was um he was out of commission it was the day jen and i did a play read online so i couldn't i couldn't take care of the pup and the pup still can't be on its own so danny's parents had come to say happy birthday it was birthday that day too everyone oh nice he turned 38 and got food poisoning i was like and the worst part was he woke up in the morning and i was like babe seriously 38 let's reflect for a minute how do you feel and he sat up and you know he was like you know what I'm happy. I'm so happy in my life. And I was like, babe, that makes me so happy to hear. Me too. And then an hour later, it was like, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you say that out loud. I'm sorry. The universe is like, are you happy? Anyway, uh, so I couldn't take care of the pup. So it was the first time the grandparents took the took the Aww. grandchild for the day and it was ner- I know it's so stupid but like I had never given him up for the day so I was like oh, I had to ask you guys but maybe would you be willing to like maybe like you know I know it's a last minute thing and their faces lit up like well if you think it'll help like they were so excited what is he he's a Pomeranian are they the little French ones that you always imagine around court and then and Marie Antoinette <laughs> would have one and it would just be like yes. trying to eat a cake those oh they've got tiny 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 heads he looks like a little fox he does look like a little fox and he is very cute um and how did he cope away from his his (laughs) mum he didn't want to come back basically what happened when he came back he was so happy and then they left and he just stood at the back door like "Mm." No. Oh. And so I had to uh, bribe him back into my love with popcorn. So I made popcorn and we ate popcorn together. And then then I got him back because food wins over. I'm pretty sure that's what my parents did with me. <laughs> I didn't know dogs could eat popcorn. Yeah. I, I take out the bits with the little shells and I just feed them the soft bits and they can they eat popcorn. Danny must be looking at the dog going, are you fucking kidding me? I've just been shitting my uh, spleen out in the toilet and you're feeding the dog popcorn. <laughs> You're decorning uh, the corn. Uh, <laughs> I know that. More 
doing? What about yeah. you? How was your week? I finished a new top. So I've knitted a new top, black top. Is this the black and silver, Diddy? Black and silver top. I also watched Amelia the Play last night, which was, it's obviously not as good as the live version, but it was still, I forgot how great the love final speech was. It's all about women not having their voice and being attacked for having a voice, which obviously at the moment is pretty um, apt. And uh, also, I pre-released a short story called An Ordinary Day, which has got to do with what's been going on uh, with women at the moment, which has been highlighted with what's going on with women. And it's about, all about uh, how you just go about your ordinary day as a woman, and then something awful can happen to you. And it's kind of based on a, on a real event that happened in my life. But, you know, we can all relate to that, isn't it? There's a woman you're just going about, and then suddenly your life changes on a sixpence because someone decides to... Um, or mug you, or assault you, or attack you, or harass you. So I, because I just thought there's a a bit at the at the end of the story about an ordinary day and how it affects women, which I thought was quite relevant to what's going on. So I published that. Okay, cool, very good. Maureen. You've had a busy week. You've knitted a top. You've written a story. You've oh, no, done... The story had already been written, but to be fair, I didn't write it this week. It doesn't matter, Maureen. You don't have to say that. Just, oh, yeah, okay. just be like, I wrote a <laughs> story the... and published it in just two days. Just be the person that takes yeah. these random inaccurate compliments. And not on top of that, you watched Amelia the Play. I watched Amelia the Play. May I say, I very much enjoyed it. It was very difficult for me to watch my laptop because as I've, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, my laptop its output doesn't work, so I have to attach it to a Bluetooth speaker, which kept not attaching to my computer. And the only way I could attach it was to reboot my computer. I rebooted my computer and then it said, would you like to update software? I said no. And it went, well, we're doing it anyway. 48 minutes <laughs> to update this software. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I started to watch Amelia play on my phone. I was watching it on the phone. Then the kids came down. Can I, t um, they had a nightmare. Ken, someone's peed on the carpet. Anyway, four and a half hours later, I finished watching Amelia the play, but I did enjoy it, Maureen. But I may say it was all in all a traumatic experience. Nothing to do with the play. <laughs> it's really good. Obviously, it was much better live, but there's some really good lines in it. It was so funny in parts as well. It was really made me laugh out loud. Yeah. And the end, the final speech, I cried because we had a bit of a Twitch chat afterwards with some of the people who watched it. Did you cry at the end? I was in tears at that final speech. I confess, I'm probably going to watch the last 40 minutes again because I was very distracted with the children coming down. So I will probably watch it again. And I, because I think I've got another, I can watch it again. For, I've got it for 24 hours. You can watch it. You got till the end of the month, and everybody can watch it online, AmeliaLive.com. You can watch it till the till the thirty first of March. I really hope that it goes back out onto the West End. I mean, it seems unlikely, but it's such a. I'm surprised it wasn't a huge box office smash because it, it's so well written. It was at the Globe, and then when it came to the West End, it didn't sell as well. I mean, it's a feminist play, um, all female cast. I went to the play and, and I have to say, if you're actually there, Zoe knows because she's an actor, you know, if you, and we're all live performers, being there in the theatre, it, it's such a different vibe and it was fantastic as a woman because they do things about, you know, uh, man mansplaining and stuff like that and you're just shouting out going, yeah, because we've all been in that position. <laughs> yeah. you know? It was so funny yeah. with the bit where she's up in the balcony going, I wrote that! What? I wrote! <laughs> like, there's a Shakespeare play happening and she's in the balcony going, are you fucking that's me? I wrote that. And then there's a, they're, they're talking, one, one point all the women are talking, this guy goes, uh, Quiet, please. Very important man coming through. And you're like, oh, yeah, we've been there before. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It made me miss the theatre, actually. And it uh, makes me think, actually, Zoe, I went to one of the last things I went to see in the theatre was you in a basically a one woman play where you just played God. I still have nightmares now. 
where I'm on stage again and I go, I've forgotten the entire play, which is pretty pretty much what happened to me many nights <laughs> during the play. My poor friend Tom, who played Gabriel, who is one of the angels, that poor lad, because about four or five times during the run, I looked at him and I could see, and I, I had lost where I was completely, and he could see I'd lost where I was completely. And, oh, God, it's just, it's like passing a hospital pass, isn't it, to somebody else on stage? You're like... <laughs> Like I'm lost, help me! And then there was a one a night where I just I just completely lost. I think I was thinking about food. This is what happens with me. I'm very much like a Jack Russell. Um, if the thought of food comes in, it's, it's, it takes over everything else. And uh, I just lost where I was completely. And I turned to Tom playing Gabriel, and I went, Gabriel, uh, if you were God. <laughs> <laughs> you'd like to talk about now and he went maybe the ark lord and i went that's it thank you very much <laughs> that poor kid but how long was that play and it was predominantly you speaking for the entire play it was over an hour minutes. yeah 90 minutes is it 90 and then, minutes and then a song at the end <laughs> i just remember watching it going this is one all my anxiety dreams in one thing where you have to hold the entire play and it's your talking for 90 minutes. I have no idea how you remembered or how you would go about remembering that. It was really tricky. Yeah, it was really tricky. Yeah. I still have dreams. Like I, I can't remember the last time I was in a play where I get these dreams. This is a recurring dream. I'm about to go on stage and I've got no idea who the character is and I've got no idea. And I, in my dream, I'm always like, I really wish I'd paid attention in rehearsal. Why? And I was like, and I, I'm always saying to someone, because someone just quickly give me a script. Uh, does anyone have a script just so I can figure out who the hell I am and what I'm supposed to say? It's so I, stressful. I have that dream at least twice a month. I have that dream. And I'm usually in a pair of tights holding a sword going, can somebody just tell me the rough outline of the plot? <laughs> yeah. I just, look, am I, am I a goodie? Am I a baddie? I've got, oh, and it's, and somebody is holding the script and they're going, no, you should have learned this. And I'm like, Jesus, what do I do with the sword? Um, it's really, yeah, it's awful, awful, awful recurring, common, common nightmare. Yeah, I think it's a common nightmare for all actors. I don't know why I'm having it. Uh, I'm a stand-up comedian. And if, if we've all done it, we've forgotten a bit of our show. We've gone, well, it's not Shakespeare. No one will know. Just carry on. <laughs> but then do you have those nightmares about not having studied for an exam and that? Yeah. I fail my A-levels pretty much, I would say, once a month, twice a month. I fail my A-levels. I always have the dream I'm back in school. And I'm like, why am I? having to do this again I did this and then like I'll have that moment that lucid moment in my dream where I'm like no I'm <laughs> dreaming and I will not stay in this math class and I leave yeah. do you know what I dreamt last night I've got a, I, I dreamt last night I accidentally married a woman who had massive buck teeth and they could come out I mean I don't need to do much analyzing to figure what that was about <laughs> I have no idea what huge buck teeth and I went why have I married you and she went oh they, don't worry they come out and I was like oh my god that's horrific <laughs> and then my mother delivered a, a, a suitcase full of dildos that is genuinely what I dreamt last night there is so much in that oh my god I woke up and I went did, did my mum deliver a suitcase full of bright pink sex toys to me last night in my dream. What the hell was that all about? That I mean, God only knows where that came from. God only knows. I mean, let's not scratch the end of that dildo. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet. <laughs> I meant my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. 
We might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs> right, well, I think it's time to head over to uh, to the Be More Maureen corner. Maureen, let's find out what ridiculous thing you've been up to. Well, I was, in 1994, I was travelling around the world. I was in uh, LA. I was actually on Hollywood Boulevard. And the earth started uh, rumbling and buildings were shaking and people were running. And I thought, oh my God, they've got a really noisy underground system here. And I couldn't understand why people were running because I thought it was a bit of an overreaction. And then this guy came up to me and went, oh, that was a really bad quake. I went, oh, no, no, I wasn't here for the quake because it had been a really bad quake about a month before. And he went, no, there was, there was a quake just now. And I hadn't actually realised it was a quake. I thought they had a really noisy underground system in LA where they don't have an underground. But anyway, and I thought, you know, what, this is probably why Brit's got this idea of um, stiff upper lip is that people think, my God, because the way he looked at me was like, what the hell is this woman on? Because I think we came across, I came across incredibly brave, but just that's because I didn't know what was going on. No, I don't think that's the case. I think he was like, how did you not know that we don't have an underground system in LA? So, uh... <laughs> and that it wasn't the, it was an earthquake. I mean, yeah. people were running, so that was a clue. But at the time, I just thought people it was an were running for the tube. They were running for the tube. That's what they were doing. <laughs> they had to hurry. That last train is just the train left. Yeah. If I don't get that last train to Encino, look, I'm a Londoner, you know, because like you know, in London, you know, I've had a friend who lived over the Northern Line. It was noisy wasn't it? So I have never ever, and I've spent most of my life living in London, I've never ever ever felt the earth shake and gone, oh, don't worry, it's a district line. <laughs> it all made sense in hindsight, but at the time I really thought it was just a noisy underground system. Maureen, I mean, that's why it's a be more Maureen moment. So let's not analyze it too much. And let's not, I don't know why we're going to Maureen going, well, that doesn't make any sense because that is the entire point of this section is that you deliver us a story, Maureen, where we go, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Logically. <laughs> So have you got any Be More Maureen moments? I've never misjudged an earthquake. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, we've all I'd been like, there, haven't we? I'd like to think if I ever... I've never been in an earthquake. I'd like to think if I was in an earthquake, I wouldn't. my immediate thought wouldn't be, God, God I've got terrible wind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's the that, next step, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is... I am so gluten intolerant right now. <laughs> We've all got IBS. Let's not make a fuss about it. <laughs> Do you know what? If I'd known it was an earthquake, I would have been screaming my head off, I think. So it was, I was actually quite pleased I hadn't noticed. Do you think then it's, it's yourself protecting yourself from yourself? <laughs> I don't think it's that, Zoe, but I don't. I, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that, but it's not. <laughs> that might be the most accurate description of Maureen ever. Is it yourself protecting yourself from yourself? You are very much unlike my flat, which is not self-cleaning, I've discovered. You're, you are self-preserving. You are the armadillo of humankind. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the armadillo of humankind or yourself protecting yourself from yourself on a T-shirt, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Maureen, thank you very much once again for an enlightening Be More Maureen moment. Um, actually, even though that is possibly one of the most, w the weirdest one, that is still not my favourite. Uh, still, last week's is, uh, but anyway, there we go. Thanks very much. You can't, you can't, you can't beat an argument about a dildo, can you? Now. <laughs> hey, it's time to move on to our favourite part of the show, uh, Zoe, because this is the only part of the show that has a point to it. It's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice. Take my advice. Cause I ain't using it. No, no. No, no. Take my advice. I ain't using it. 
this week, our problem, which I was so excited to get because this is a really good one. Someone wrote in, how do I deal with an energy vampire in my life that I cannot get rid of? Often it is a work person that we find the energy vampire. So an energy vampire is basically, let me define, and this is an actual definition, and I like this, an emotionally immature individual who can't see beyond themselves, the world revolves around them. That essentially is at the core of anyone who drains energy. So examples of an energy vampire, people who are narcissists, rageaholics, victims, right? Constant victims, the drama king or queen, control freaks or critics, nonstop talkers, and passive aggressive people. These are all examples of kind of some energy vampiring techniques. So... I was like, well, you can't really just cut this person out, right? They might be a family member. Let's be honest. They they are a family mm-hmm. member, right? <laughs> I love Zoe. You're like, yeah, yeah, it's a family member. Absolutely. I know exactly <laughs> the aunt. We all know the aunt. Or like I said, a work person. Often there's many people in the work environment. So I was like, eh, okay. I mean, have you all had a like experiences with energy vampires in your life? Oh, God, yes. Yes, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. yes. We're comedians, so basically every show, yeah. Edinburgh venues are like those, you know when you see pictures of caves with bats coming out of them? <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's Edinburgh and that's energy vampires. And you're drained. Like, I remember I had a friend for years and I used to think, God, I'm so exhausted after just having a coffee with her. And I was like, because I didn't talk and I listened the entire time. And it was like nonstop. She was one of those non-talkers. Anyway, it was uh, it's very interesting. So energy. So this is this is what I looked into what you can do. Here we go. Here's some some advice for what you can do. And I always take it back to oneself because this is you. Okay. so number one, trust your gut instincts. The only way you will keep good instincts and be able to set up uh, efficient boundaries is if you're keeping in touch with yourself. The more you work on yourself and give yourself self-care, what I like to call the daily self-reflective practice. Okay, so you just take a few moments out of the day. I don't care if it's meditating, journaling, yelling at a wall, uh, going for a walk, just something where you are with yourself because you have to be grounded within yourself to know what your boundaries are with these people. Prepare for encounters. Okay, so when you know you're going to run into this person, what are some things that you can do? Well, perhaps always set it up that there's other people around so they are draining more than just you. So try to do group activities, all right? Yes, yes. I know sacrificing friends is not a good thing, but in these situations, we know what's going on. So group, plan for group meets as much as you can. Provide a listening ear, but always end it with ending statements, right? Like if they're a victim, oh, you know, this, oh, that is so awful to hear. You know where you could probably get some good information on that? Here. And walk away and leave it. End statements. Don't ask further questions. Be careful with your sympathy. Yes, you can be kind. You can be loving. But I'm telling you, you give an inch, they're going to take a mile. So you are doing yourself and them a service by cutting it off early, everyone. Cut it off. Send them to someone else. Uh, Set boundaries. If they are discussing subject matter, Maureen, you brought up this, subject matter that you don't want to hear about, be straight up about it or be like, hey, listen, um, I appreciate you're going through a lot, but I myself have had an experience with that and I don't really like to talk about it. Bit of a trigger. If you take it back to you and go, nope, I'm not doing it. They have no choice but to back off, right? So absolutely cut it off. If you don't want to talk that subject matter, you don't have to. 
Tell them no. Uh, don't take the bait. Like I said, follow-up questions or follow-up statements, or if they try to bring you in, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Have a touchstone friend that you can contact immediately after seeing this person, that they can bring you back into the realm of reality and just be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I love you. And they give you energy, right? So have the giving energy person that you can immediately contact afterwards. Adjust your expectations for this person. You're not going to change them. This is who they are. So you have to pre-plan to be able to deal with them. That's on you, unfortunately. And I think that's everything I got for this week. Those are some tactics that you can use to deal with the energy drainers in your life. Thank you very much for that, Alison. That is, as always, wonderful advice. I have a friend in inverted commas. Uh, I feel quite, I could honestly say that I can say whatever I like about her on this podcast. I could even give you her postcode and telephone number. I know she won't be listening because she's a complete narcissist. But she is one of those people that I cannot get out of my effing life. She is, she offers nothing in the relationship. I think she's almost certainly a narcissist, probably borderline sociopath. But I've known her since I was very very young like a child and I feel like the only thing we have in common is that we've known each other for I don't know 40 years <laughs> my children are six she doesn't even know their names she's never asked no I mean I ask and forget but you know at least I've made the initial effort <laughs> <laughs> and they're lovely girls um, <laughs> <laughs> I've had friends in the past where it's been that, where you just, where you put the phone down, and you go, I feel worse after that conversation than I did before I spoke to them. But then I, I must be such a people pleaser that I go back again to make sure. Like I'll phone them again. Like I'll go, I'll just, I'll give that another go. And then I'll go back and I'll come off the phone and go, go, no, I still don't feel good after that. I'll leave it a while. I'll leave it a while. And then I'll go back again, like, to just to check. I'm like, no, there's absolutely nothing there. You know what I would say? Every time you have a conversation with that person, I want you to write down a statement of how you feel. And then the next time you go back to contact them, I want you to read that statement to yourself before you make the call. That's exactly That's it. That's a good idea, actually. That's it. I mean, yeah. the, the trouble is with this person is I don't call her and uh, I don't, I know how I feel about her. <laughs> <laughs> Still can't get rid of her. <laughs> hey ho. Anyway, Alison, as always, wonderful advice. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. Women talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? I think it's time now to talk about what we've been watching on television. But before we do that, I would like to direct this to Zoe Lyons, who herself has hosted her own television show and actually has not stopped being on our television screens since the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's a bit weird that. Yeah, it's, it's been a bit much. It's been relentless. If anything, I, I don't put the television on anymore because I, I can't <laughs> bear to see your face. <laughs> well, even my own mother messaged me the other day and she went, you're on the bloody telly again. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mum. I'm really sorry. It's, it'll stop now. It'll stop now. It's, it's, it's come to an abrupt halt. Is it weird for you so. too because like you're on the telly so much nonstop right now, but you're like, I'm so bored in my life. So it looks like you're like nonstop, but you're like, I'm doing nothing right now, actually, guys. This is all from before. It must be a weird juxtaposition. <laughs> it is a weird thing. I think, I think you know, because you, it's a, it's a beautiful example in life. It beautifully demonstrates you can't have it all at any one time. You can have bits of life, and bits of it are great, and then other bits are, let's say, immensely shit. But you can't have it all. You can't have it all. You can have bits of it, and it's been really weird because I mean, that hosting the hosting lightning was the biggest job I'd ever done, and I was really pleased to do it, and I was very proud of what I did. And then it went out on television at a time when I was not able to go out and see what people were thinking about it at all. Living in my divorced dad flat and watching other people's televisions in other flats across the way, sort of almost seeing myself reflected in other people's televisions. Oh, that is just, weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And But not being able to have any sort of contact with people properly about, you know, it's nice, I've got a nice thing happening. It's like, no, we're all locked up, nobody can... Can tell you, so it's it's a bit strange. Yeah, it's it is just a it's a funny thing. You can't have it all at any one time, and it's it's a very interesting lesson to have in life. It really is. It's 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 um, I've quite enjoyed the the sort of trauma of it in a way. <laughs> in a way, like I mean, it is it's it's kind of crap that you can't be out in the world and get any feedback or have any understanding of how people feel about it or what's going on. Yeah. But at the other same time, everyone's at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And, and much more likely to be watching television at that time. And so, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can't have it all. You have one bit and not the other. So, yeah, swings and rat, the yin and yang of life. Yeah. But yeah. And for anyone who hasn't watched it, it was on at 6.30pm on BBC Two from Monday to Friday. I watched it. It was brilliant. I thought it was really great. It was not what I expected because there was a lot of stuff happening and it was like, I was not expecting that to happen. Like, they, get, <laughs> they get told to do like puzzle not puzzles but sort of kind of physical challenges i wasn't expecting that and um yeah it was really good and also that is no mean feat to keep that going because you've got to talk when literally just someone's just doing a task and fucking it up <laughs> it was only when we got in the studio it was only when all the lights went on it was only when the contestants took their places that i went i haven't a fucking clue what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> and i suddenly went nobody's asked me if I have a clue what I'm doing. Nobody's sat me down and gone, do you know what you're doing? Because I'd have, I mean, I'd, I'd have lied, but 
And and then I had the director at my ear sort of giving me that. And I went, I have no idea what he's asking me to. I don't know any of that. I learned in an hour. I was Googling television terminology under the podium. Well done. (laughs) Give give us an example, because you you, you gave me an example of one thing that was being said to you by a director and you were like, I don't know what this means. So I'm watching the autocue and then it's it's sort of going, run grams. And I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know what run grams is. I don't know. Run grams. I mean, that's what I Googled it. Oh, it's the jingle. That's the jingle. (laughs) Smile through the jingle. Smile through the jingle. Yeah. What I've learned in life is if you're not sure, just admit it. It just, you know, there is strength. There is absolute strength in in displaying your weaknesses sometimes. Vulnerability is the key. Yes. Vulnerability is the key, but it will kill you sometimes. Um, But. um, Only when you're swimming in the sea in a bikini in minus... No, go on. (laughs) I've spent most of the last seven months feeling like a de-shelled hermit crab going, I'm a crab, I'm a crab, I'm a crab. (laughs) Do you know what I love about this? This is like a classic stand-up comedian story, isn't it? You've got no idea how to do it. You don't know what the fuck's going on. Someone turns the lights on, shoves the mic in your hand, you go, I'll blag it, it'll be all right. Yeah, that's why comedians are so good at doing these things, isn't it? Like an actor, I think. No disrespect to actors, but I think they'd have a meltdown. How much am I getting paid? Oh, yeah, I can do it. Yeah. 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 Like you it. never say no to the gig. Like, that's the thing. I would never be like, if anyone offered an opportunity like that, right, you just say yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. This is a dream, of course. It's not a crane. Uh, you're doing somebody else's material and you're blindfold. Uh, how much is it? Six grand. I'll do it. Okay, there we are. You do it. You do it. Of course you do it. And also, the, the very idea that you, as a comedian, have to prepare for anything is absurd to us. We're like, what do we need to prepare for? I remember being backstage. I'm sure we've all been like done this. And there's been like somebody doing a character act or there's an actor that's just trying to do a bit of stand-up. And we're all having a chat in the green room. And they're like, okay, how can you do that? How can you not get in the zone? And we're like, I am in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking about TV, I watched uh, Bridgerton because Jen recommended it to me. And like most things, when Jane recommends me, I ignore them. So I just didn't take her advice. And then eventually, <laughs> I was having a bit of a shit weekend. I thought, I'll just watch it for 10 minutes. And I ended up watching about five episodes all in one go. It's fantastic. Jen, I don't know if you know this, Zoe. Jen, there's a really hot guy in it. And when there was a love scene, Jen and Chloe were looking at the bloke rather than the girl. W- woman, well, I should it, say. He is beautiful. Ugh. He is beautiful. I mean, listen, I mean, I, I think after these last 12 months, we can say anything could happen. So I, I, I'm i on the edge. I'm enjoying the Six Nations on television and it's not for the rugby. Uh, so it's it's just a confusing time for everybody. Uh, but honestly, I thought it was brilliant. And I love, and I actually guessed correctly, and I, I've unfortunately got her name wrong on Twitch. There's a, a woman there called Lady Whistledown and I kept referring to her as Lady Dishwater. <laughs> Where did dishwater come from? I don't know, but I was boasting about the fact that I realised who Lady Dishwater was. And there's nothing worse when you're boasting when you actually get the name of the person wrong, isn't there? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so close. But oh, Bridgerton is fantastic. I recommend it. I also saw Bloodlands, which was disappointing. Yeah, I saw Bloodlands was very disappointing ending. A very disappointing series. I tried to watch it, ladies, and I was out halfway through. I was like, no, nah, can't do it. There we are. But I'm glad you enjoyed Bridgerton. What a show. I hated it to begin with and then gradually warmed it. Yes, I thought it was a pile of crap. Um, But literally, I hate watched it. And uh, gradually, as I hate watched it, I really started to get into it. And by the end of it, I was heterosexual. I don't know what to tell you. So there we are. (laughs) But he is stunning. Oh, my God. And he's also a good actor. He plays that character really well. He has three facial expressions, to be fair. That's all he needs. That's all he needs. You're not looking at his face. (laughs) 
And I noticed that it's it's the sex expression, the uh, the, the sort of wry look expression, and the "I'm in love with you" expression. I'd argue there's two looks too many in there. <laughs> <laughs> Just. I think if he had the permanent sex look, though, that would be off-putting. And his body. I mean, you can tell he goes to the gym, I, I suspect. I mean, his body was ridiculous. Look, I don't want to uh, delve into it because actually it's uh, making me question a lot of things about me, which I, I, I've, I've thought were, were sorted. Um, Zoe, what have you been watching? Have you been watching anything on the television? I, I, I'm really bad at getting into series of things because it feels like such a commitment. And, you know, as you probably gathered, I can't sit still for long. So it's too like, they're like how many episodes? And how, oh, God. No, so I I watch pap. I watch absolute just sugary pap on television. My my guilty secret is things like A Place in the Sun. I bloody love it. <laughs> I love watching because it's me. It's it's so shit. And the, you know these people who clearly can't use the internet and find their own sodding houses. <laughs> Go out to awful places in the sun and get to take and they're like, oh, I love the view. Look the view. I love the view. And you're like, it's just four cranes and a working, it's such a fucking building <laughs> site. And they're like, oh, this is everything I dreamed of. And I I love it because it's so appalling, absolutely appalling. Just British women in in maxi dresses trolling around the Canary Islands looking at crappy flats. It's my idea of pure heaven. I love it. I love that they're all buying properties in Europe post-Brexit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Is, <laughs> I can't wait to spend three weeks of the year in this £500,000 house. <laughs> I also love it because you know the sort of awkwardness of filming something like that where they go, right, Maureen and John. Sorry, I don't know why I said Maureen. <laughs> <laughs> You were looking directly no, at her. No, was, I was looking directly <laughs> at Maury, yeah. You go into the kitchen, have a little chat about the kitchen. So they go into the kitchen, they go, oh, it's the kitchen. You go, of course it's the fucking kitchen. What did it he was, He's got a cooker in the corner and a fridge and daft trollop. Um, so, yes, that's what I've been watching mostly, <laughs> angrily. Well, yeah. I think of any escapism television is what we're all yearning for. I have started, and I don't seem to mind starting at the beginning of something and spending 18 hours a day of my life watching it. I've been watching Parks and Recreation. Oh, it's um, so good. Yeah, well, I'm going to ca I'm going to prefix it by saying that the first series is not good. <laughs> In fact, the pilot episode, I would go so far as to say, is bad. And the character that Amy Poehler plays changes and has a kind of a bit of a big like they've obviously the writers have gone she's actually really annoying and they've done a lot of development and then in the second series they've made her a much rounder fuller less annoying character and she's great and you fall in love with her and she's wonderful i wish they'd done that with her at the beginning so if anyone hasn't watched it i would start series two i confirm with that and you won't miss anything by not seeing one you'll be fine you'll catch up it's ace yeah yeah but it is brilliant and it is complete escapism and the episodes are like 20 minutes and it's to replace Shit's creek Oh, God, I love shit. So me. Parks and Rec is the one where, like, if I'm feeling, like, I just dip in and out. So it'll probably take me, like, two years to finish watching it. But I'll just dip in and out. And every now and again, I, that's what I love about it. I just dip in and go, oh, let's, we've just watched blah, blah, blah. I mean, I tell, okay, i tell you why. I, Chloe and I watched the second series of Save Me. And um, it is heavy going. Uh, it's about uh, the disappearance of a child. Um, of a, a young teenage girl and in the first series he spends he tries to find his daughter 
and it's called Save Me and it is about saving his daughter, but it's also about saving himself and also some of the, uh, another young girl that is also um, being trafficked or being used um, for, I mean, sex basically against her will. Um, so it's very dark. It's got very dark content. It's brilliantly acted. It's a really brilliant series. But by the end of the second series, Chloe and I were like, oh my God, uh, we need something to lighten this. And so that's why we went straight to Parks and Rec and it was great. But I can recommend both. If you want to watch Save Me, it's on um, Now TV and there's two series there for your delight. And it's a it's a series that was written and created by Lenny James and it's brilliant. And he's absolutely outstanding in it. And our dear friend Kerry Godleyman has a part in it as well. I just signed up for Now TV for one of those free week things and now I realise that I'm trapped forever. <laughs> I did that with Apple to watch Ted Lasso and I and I just got another message going, four ninety nine has been taken out of your account. I was like, I only wanted to watch Ted Lasso and now I know. I'm not, I just same thing just happened to me and I'm like, Oh, this and is And I know what I'm now, like. I got that and I was like, I could cancel it now and I'll, I'll do it tomorrow and then next month. I just put nine nine. It's just kind of yeah, I can. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you, Bristol, why are you such a bell end? I don't know. There we are. Let, before we finish the TV section, we should find out from Alison about her horror choice of the week. Oh yeah, because I'm a horror buff, Zoe. I love crappy horror films. Uh, that's basically what I fill my time with. Because I want no commitments, and uh, you know, I just I like horror movies. I've always been a big fan. So this week. Uh, sticking with the emotional vampire theme, because I always try to tie in my horror movie with my advice, because, you know, those two things go together really well. I have decided to recommend a horror movie, a horror comedy that, Maureen, I think even you would like. It is called What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, oh yes. yeah. And yeah, it yeah, is yeah. a very funny movie about a group of vampires living in modern day times and just the take on it and the way they present it is hysterical. And the reason why I wanted to recommend that movie in particular is because then I want to branch off and recommend even more the TV series, What We Do in the Shadows, which was unbelievably hilarious. To me, this is one of the best horror comedies I have seen in years. And there is an actual emotional energy vampire. So you have all these other vampires and then you've got the one emotional energy and just watching him and the way he drains people at work and what it is absolutely hysterical. I can recommend the movie and I can recommend the TV series. It's horror, but it's comedy. It's light. And yeah, I just highly recommend it. Maureen, I think even you would enjoy either one of them. I really okay. do. Yeah. I'm not a horror fan and I loved it. I loved oh, did it. you? I'm, I hate horror. I hate horror. It's not like a horror. It's, it's, I mean, it's got, it's not horror at all. It's, it's, a, it's No, a, it's, it's a, not scary. It's not, no, 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 no. It's a comedy and it just has vampires as the characters. It's basically a mockumentary about a group of vampires. <laughs> So it's it's not, there's no, I mean, like it is horror in as much as that the characters are vampires, but that's where the horror begins and ends. And it is really, really yeah. funny. I've really just never funny. seen anything like it. And I was like, what a great take on the idea of like vampires and the, the mockumentary. And then when the TV show came out, I just, yeah, I just, it puts such a smile on my face even thinking about them. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Alison, uh, for the, another wonderful recommendations. Uh, actually, I can get, I can actually, after last week's, which just sounded bloody terrifying, I can get behind these two. Thank you very much. It's about, it's about time. It's about time you read the room, frankly. Lighten it up a little? Yeah. Uh, you got it. No problem, guys. No problem. 
now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural uh-huh. Corner. I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> so now it's time, of course, uh, we're nearing the end of the podcast, but it's time to culture our corner with Maureen Younger. What have you... Let's stick a thumb in your yoghurt. What have you got for us? Well, in honour of Zoe, who obviously is a fantastic actor, I'm talking... And Zoe, I actually know it. There's an acting TV series from the BBC from 1987. It was six workshops... And it deals with, uh, you had Jonathan Miller talking about opera, Janet Suzman about Shakespearean comedy, Simon Callow about restoration comedy, Mariah Aitken about high comedy, and the two that I've watched, Brian Cox about tragedy and Michael Caine about acting in films. And particularly the Michael Caine one is a really famous, it's, if you want to know anything about acting in film, I learnt more in this hour watching this than I did it going to drama school. It is fantastic. It just shows you all the little tricks, how to act towards camera. There's a thing where he shows that if you use one eye to look at somebody rather than the other eye, what a difference it makes. And it's unbelievable. And also what's interesting, there's a young actor there who is getting very entitled, who's getting very annoyed that Michael Caine keeps giving him direction. You think, this is Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's in parts that he did. It's, you know, it's, it's educating Rita. And it just shows you how to act, you know, uh, and it's it's such it's so insightful. Um, it's very highly regarded, and it's definitely worth watching. You can buy the DVDs, but it's probably it's probably easier to watch it on YouTube. We've established, Maureen, wherever possible, people aren't buying DVDs, are they? I know, but I think you you know if you can, you sh- can afford it. You should. But um... can I get it on Betamax? <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly they do have them in Betamax. And also you see the difference between somebody like Michael Caine doing it and then one of the students. And there's a very young Celia Imrie there. She's one of the students, as well oh, as a very wow. young Whoa. Kathy Tyson. Yeah. Kathy Tyson. Kathy Tyson came up to me in, uh, in on the Tube once and said, oh, I saw you doing stand-up at Blah Blah Blah. You were really funny. And I went, you're Kathy Tyson. She went, oh. <laughs> She said, oh, don't go on about it, sort of thing. No, she was like this, oh, no, 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 don't go on about it, don't. And I was like, and we, then we got off at the tube at the same spot and I went, it was really nice to meet you. And she went, yes, I'll look out for you. And I was like, okay, bye, Kathy Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Kathy Tyson story. It's just another classic. Jen Bristol meets somebody she likes and makes a fool of herself. Uh, you know, so if you're, if you're starting to be an actor, if you're an actor and you're doing your first TV show or film, or even if you're just interested in acting, it's really worth worth watching to see all those little tricks like finding your mark he gives a really good way of how to find your mark really easily and I was thinking oh, I wish I'd done that before I, I'd done a few films and um, finding the mark for those people who don't know is like you've got to stop at a certain point so the camera can see you properly and if you pass it or you, you stopped before it you're out of focus and it, you've got to try and hit it without obviously looking at it and then it becomes acorn antiques so it's all that it's all those little little um tricks and and skills that just make you a better actor for films i I, I think acting on screen is so different and the few times that i've done it and i've seen the rushes back um of what i've done and i've gone i mean i just look like i'm having a stroke for about three minutes (laughs) (laughs) michael kane says he never looks at rushes he goes you should never look at rushes because all you do goes you look at yourself you don't look at the whole thing of course That's how I know I looked like I was having a stroke, Maureen. (laughs) Maureen, thank you very much for that cultured corner. Who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? We are now pretty much at the end of the podcast. But before we say goodbye to our amazing, incredible, fantastic, wonderful guest, Zoe Lyons, I guess it's time to uh, end on end on a song. Okay, good. 
<laughs> we decided to forego the song this week. At the end, we always like to uh, we always like to touch base with Jen just to see like what's been going on and what's been getting Jen's goat this week. So Jen, what's been rubbing you the wrong way this week? Well, I wish it would rub me the right way. Um, anything, in fact, but there's been no rubbage. See so what's been getting my goat. Um, I think that I have lived in a bubble of arrested development for my entire existence and it's only upon hitting the age that I am now which is and I'm not ashamed to say it although it's a fact 46 years of age that parts of my body are now not functioning in the way that they used to and it's a whole new world for me I have had a bad hip (laughs) I've had a bad hip okay for about two days I'm 46 why do I have a bad hip I'll tell you why I have a bad hip because my orthotic insoles have stopped working okay (laughs) I am 46 years of age. I wear orthotic insoles that aren't working and now my hip is gone. That is what is getting my goat. I'm 46, not 86. What the fuck is going on with my body? Why am I getting old? I mean, I understand I'm getting old. It's aging. That's what's getting my go. I'm just, the, the the level of surprise that I have about my body not functioning in the way that it did even ten years ago. I, I I'm constantly amazed that my knees are going, my hips going. Uh, that's what's getting my goat. Just that. The end. But you need just new insoles, Jen. That's all. You're just <laughs> investing new insoles. Because I mean, not, not, look. Please don't take this the wrong way. But I look at you and I go, "You've got a couple of really good years left in you." <laughs> so. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. So support that the best way you can with possibly one or maybe even two built-up shoes. The fact that. I have to wear orthotic insoles is a little bit embarrassing because it limits the what shoes I can wear. I can only wear trainers or boots. <laughs> I can't wear shoes. I know, anymore. but thank God. Oh yeah, because all those high heel shoes are out the window. Yeah, aren't they, you Jen? were getting out of control <laughs> with those stilettos, Jen. It oh, was those embarrassing. Are gone. Please, can I have your Jimmy shoes? Oh, <laughs> don't throw them out, Jen, because they're worth a fortune. <laughs> I mean, the fuck me pumps that you walk around in are just, you know, oh my divine. God. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I won't be able to slip into those bad boys anymore. And what a shame that is, because I think they really do um, put my bottom in the right position. Anyway, um, <laughs> which is bent over because I can't walk in them. Anyway. <laughs> I quite like putting a heel on. It's just something about it I do quite like. I quite like, you know. I wear heels to go on stage. I always like wearing heels when I'm on stage. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I can't wear heels at all because they are absolute agony. I mean, I can't walk in them. I I need to be carried somewhere and then put down and then carried (laughs) off again. Yeah. (laughs) I look like I'm wearing, I'm like, why is that woman in stilts? I'm not, but I'm just walking like I've got stilts on because I don't know how to walk in these fucking shoes. I think being able to walk in in, in stilettos, that's a, do, do some women, is that a genetic gift? It's practice, basically. And I think as you get older, it's harder. I used to wear heels, not the heels that they wear now, but, you know, 1980 heels, which were a lot shorter. But now I, I, I'm in flats all the time. I think it's an age thing as well. I'm going to start wearing a heel. I'm going to go the other way. In a bikini. <laughs> heels in a Showing bikini. Showing up for the sea swim in your heels. Yeah. I'm going to come out of lockdown a very, very different lesbian. Yes. Some heeled flip-flops and a thong. Yeah, just walking along home seafront in high heels and a thong. You've changed. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us. It's been such a oh, bloody thank delight. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you'd like to plug or talk about, say, come and see this, watch this? I mean, you can look at my social media, but I, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you'd have the same amount of interest that I do in it. Not very much. I mean, just flick through it. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm more interested in living with my real life. But um, 
Uh, anything to plug? Absolutely nothing at the moment. The wonderful thing about 2021 is I've got very little to look forward to, therefore very little to lose. So I'm seeing that as a positive. <laughs> Says the woman who hasn't been off our television screens for the entire 2021. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, you know, hopefully there'll be a bit more of that later in the year. But um, live stuff, I mean, I'm, I'm being very cautious booking stuff in because it's uh, we'll see how things pan out. But um, all I would say, if you, if you see me in the street, come and say hello. There you go. That's plug. Let's, pl- let's, let's plug meeting as genuine people and saying hello. To oh, so that's lovely. If you see me in the street, please ignore me. Okay, just <laughs> want to make that very clear. Not as friendly as Zoe Lyons. Zoe, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. You know we all adore you. Um, Thank you very much. Zoe will be joining us also on our new material night on the 5th of April with Shazia Mirza and ourselves. We will all be endeavouring to try out material that we've never said before. Or written yet. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll do that this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> You can go to our WTB Facebook page and all the information will be there. Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. (laughs) Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.